listening to the Christchurch Mequon Podcast, where every day we're lifting lives and elevating Christ, a church for those not here yet. For more information and resources, visit our website, ChristchurchMequon.org. Now, we hope you enjoy this relevant message from Pastor Mike Skunas. Well, hey, good morning and Merry Christmas. Welcome to Christ Church, a church about lifting lives, elevating Christ, and a church for those who aren't here yet. It is so good to be with you this morning, whether you're joining us here in the room or you're joining us online. It is good to be together to celebrate Christmas with our community. My name is Pastor Mike. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And as much as I enjoy having you right here in this moment, I hope that you take some time to come back with us in January as we start a new sermon series called Peace of Mind, in which Pastor Andrew helps uh, start the conversation on the intersection of mental health and faith in con- uh, conversation with some local mental health professionals. So if you are struggling with your mental health or you know somebody who is, I hope that you come back in January with us then. But for now, we are finishing our sermon series, In the Dark Streets Shineth. And the name of our sermon series comes from one of our favorite Christmas carols, O Little Town of Bethlehem, that you just heard. And it goes a little bit like this. It says, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. One of the things that I love about this carol, about this hymn, is that it reminds us that Jesus is our light and our hope in a world full of darkness. That the reason that we gather here at Christmas time is to celebrate that the coming of Jesus scatters the darkness, dispels our fears, and gives us hope for the future, and brings light into the middle of our dark world. Now, some of the imagery that comes from this carol actually comes from John's Christmas story. These ideas of light and darkness and hope and Jesus coming into the world comes from one of our four Gospels, John, one of our eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Except for John's Christmas story is kind of weird. John has a unique spin on the Christmas story in that it doesn't include some of our classic images of the Christmas story. It doesn't have shepherds and wise men. It doesn't have the star or angels. But instead, John is concerned not with the history of Christmas and recording the historical facts, but he is more concerned with the theology of why Christmas happens. What are the greater cosmological and theological implications of God coming into the world through Jesus. And so I would remind you some of the major beats in that story that the word Jesus gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. 
He came to his very own people and even they rejected him. And still, the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. You see, in John's unique story of Christmas that focuses on the grander themes, we were reminded that it is out of love that Jesus enters into our messy, chaotic, and dark world with us. And it's a really unique perspective, I think, for John to highlight some of the darker aspects of the Christmas story. <coughs> for us, we are often very focused on this image, this peaceful image with loving and adoring parents looking on at their newborn child. We're often fascinated by these humble wise men who have come to honor a new king and wise men who come bearing gifts. And we create images like this that are so peaceful and serene and full of hope. And yet, what is John talking about? He's talking about Jesus coming into a dark world. He's talking about him being unrecognized and being rejected by the very people he came to save. Why is it that John seems focused not on this image right here, but all of the messiness and chaos that surrounds it? I do wonder, though, if John might have a point that in talking about the grander scale and zooming out from this specific moment, we might understand the Christmas story a little bit better. Because I wonder if images like this distort the messy, chaotic, and dark reality in which Jesus enters the world. And I don't blame artists for focusing on the nativity scene and painting it so serene and peaceful because you know what? We as human beings, we like to put our best foot forward, don't we? We always like to represent the best, most wholesome parts of our lives and the highlights. You see, it is a photo like this that exists on my family's walls and on our Facebook profile feeds. But the surrounding reality of our lives and most of the rest of our camera roll in our phones looks a little bit more like this. And I think it's both of these images that help complete the story of what is going on in our lives. And I think not only this story of the peaceful, serene, joyful, hopeful moments is important to remember at Christmas time, but it is also important to remember the more, well, chaotic Christmas story. That Jesus comes not into a world that is ready to receive a new king, but comes into a world that is messy and broken and dark and chaotic. And I would remind you some of the greater things that we sometimes pass over when we tell the Christmas story, which is that when the Christmas story starts in the Gospel of Matthew, we find Mary and Joseph on the verge of breaking up. You see, Mary comes to her fiancé, Joseph, and says, I'm pregnant. And Joseph starts doing the math and says, mm-mm, uh, something's not right here. 
And Mary tries to assuage him by saying, don't worry, Joseph, God did it. If I'm Joseph, I'm thinking, oh man, she cheated on me and she's crazy. I'm headed for the door. (laughs) And so until a supernatural event happens and an angel comes to Joseph, Mary and Joseph are experiencing turmoil in their relationship. As much as we would like to think of them as a perfect couple that never have any problems, certainly there were fights and arguments that must have existed between the two of them. That they didn't know from the very point that they got engaged that their future would always be together. And so there's messiness even in Mary and Joseph's relationship. Now, if you really want to talk about messy They also lived at a time of a messy political situation. You see, Caesar Augustus, who was emperor of the entire Roman Empire, in his own vanity wanted to know how many people lived in his empire. And so he decreed that everybody go back to their hometown to be counted in a census. And either Caesar didn't know or didn't care that this decree, this senseless decree, would force an eight-month pregnant Mary to make an 85-mile journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, one of the suburbs of Jerusalem. And it wasn't like things were all hunky-dory as soon as Joseph and Mary got to Bethlehem. As we know, the chaos ensues as soon as they get there because there is no room in any of the guest rooms for them to stay. And so Mary goes into labor surrounded by farm animals. And when finally Jesus is born, the only thing that they have for a crib is a feeding trough. Not exactly the most perfect, peaceful, serene moment if you ask me. And it's not just in Mary and Joseph and Jesus' story. In fact, there is chaos and darkness happening in the surrounding story as well. That there are these shepherds that are just minding their own business that are watching their sheep out in the middle of a field and all of a sudden, a light pierces the darkness and it scares them. It scares them so badly that the angel's first words to the shepherds needs to be, do not be afraid. Because God coming into the world for some is a scary experience. And to introduce even more chaos in the moment, the angel's instruction is for these shepherds to go find this new king, the Messiah, lying in a manger. And I'm sure Mary just loved that after a few hours after giving birth, she was visited by a bunch of unwashed shepherds. And it's not just in the shepherds or Mary and Joseph's story, but there is also a darkness that pervades the story of the wise men. That as much as we love to remember the wise men for their gifts and for being able to recognize that a king was being born, that even foreigners would bow down in front of Jesus, the wise men actually bring trouble. For us, we have to remember that their first stop is not to Jesus, but their first stop is to King Herod. This guy who is narcissistic and evil and will do anything to hold on to power. And the wise men, they come to King Herod and they say, Hey, we heard that a new king was born. We followed this star. We've seen it written in the skies. Where is he? And King Herod's like, I don't know. Why don't you go find him and then tell me so I can worship him too? 
Now, what the wise men don't realize is that in Herod's vanity, he is not interested in any king except for himself. And so the wise men's visit, even though it is beautiful and memorable, actually puts Jesus' family in danger because King Herod flies into a genocidal rage, and when the wise men don't come back, he orders his men to kill every male child under the age of two. You want to talk about darkness? That is dark. Now, it's strange, I think, that it is actually this chaotic Christmas story that actually brings me a sense of comfort. You see, as bizarre as it seems, I'm comforted by the idea that our most perfect, holy God chose to enter the world in the middle of the darkness of Mary and Joseph's day. That in the middle of the first century where people are struggling to survive and are under crazy politicians, God chooses to answer the world just as it is. And I think in part because it is our God who chooses not to wait until everything is sorted out amongst humanity, that God doesn't come in spite of the darkness and the chaos, but God comes because of our darkness. I am given hope that our God who chooses to come in this messy way, when all the crazy is cranked up to 11, that God continues to choose us even when we are a mess. I am comforted by the idea that God showed up at Christmas in the middle of sin and darkness And in the mid of political turmoil, Jesus enters the world. And it reminds me that God showed up at Christmas, but God doesn't stop showing up for us. That in the middle of our family dramas, in the middle of our health crises, God promises to keep showing up in our lives. Because here's the thing, if God is not afraid to come into a world in which he is born amongst animals and lying in a feeding trough, if he's not worried about coming to two parents who are not yet wed, if God is not afraid to enter into a world where he knows the powers would like to kill him, Jesus is not afraid to enter any darkness that exists in your life. You see, every time that I'm tempted to think that I have messed up too many times for God to ever want to be with me, I'm reminded that there is no messiness in my life that Jesus could be afraid of. That in fact, God chooses to come into my life when it is at its most chaotic and dark. And it's because of this truth is one of the reasons why we're spending January looking at the darkness that sometimes exists in our own minds. You see, because we believe in a God who shows up for us and does not abandon us when we are struggling with our mental health. 
And God promises to show up for us when we are trying to care for somebody else who is going through profound darkness as well. See, part of the reason that God came at Christmas time, took on human form through Jesus, is that God wants to both be with us and that God wants to show that He understands what it means to be human. And it's because Jesus became human that Jesus understands whatever darkness you are going through right now. If you feel like money is tight at your house, the Jesus who was born the son of a day laborer and a teen mom understands. If you feel like you've had to start your life completely over in a new place, know that the Jesus whose family had to move from Nazareth to Bethlehem over to Egypt back to Nazareth, their family understands. And if you feel like you are in a moment of grief, mourning the loss of a loved one and God would never understand, remember that Jesus himself wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. That Jesus understands your pain and your grief. You see, it's not in spite of our darkness, but because of it that God chooses to be with us. It's in our moments of greatest need in which God enters the world and promises to keep showing up no matter what happens to us and no matter what we do. God is here to stay. And so maybe, maybe I was a little too harsh on this image of the Christmas story. Maybe this image is in some ways, the point. That despite whatever messiness or chaos or darkness that surrounds this situation, in the middle of it, we are able to find peace and light and hope. When we focus on this baby who came to be a king, both for us in this life and in the next. Because if God can bring peace and light and hope in the middle of the darkness that surrounds this situation, it means that God does it for you too. And that here at Christmas time, we get to hold on to the fact that Jesus coming to earth means that God has come to earth. At Christmas, Jesus brings peace in your chaos. Jesus brings light in your darkness, and Jesus brings hope for your future. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you have come into the world, that you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to be with us, to be amongst us, to be Emmanuel. We give thanks that even in the middle of our messy, chaotic, and dark lives, you have come to be with us. That no matter what we have done and no matter what has been done to us, you desire to be with us, to be present, to bring healing and light and hope into our lives. 
So God, in the middle of whatever we are going through, whatever darkness we are experiencing, God, we ask that your promise be true, that you continue to walk with us, that you continue to show us the way forward, that we might have new life both now and unto life eternal with you. And as we celebrate Jesus, this Christ child, this king who has come into the world, help us to share this good news of your coming with the people around us. We love you so much, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Christchurch Mequon podcast. Find your next step and let us know how we can be praying for you at Christchurchmequon.life slash podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and until next week... God bless.